Welcome to the Crestview Message Podcast. At Crestview, we're about helping people experience life change through Jesus Christ. Now here's today's message. Well, good morning. We're glad you guys are with us. And we are in the middle of this series talking about chasing carrots. And the idea is that we do have this endless pursuit of more stuff or more things or something that we chase instead of chasing God. So every one of these topics are basically spiritual battles that we're in. And most every one of these things we're talking about each week are not bad things. They're actually good things. And the problem is, what place will they have in our life? Because if they get to be the biggest deal in our life, they replace God. And so that's kind of the spiritual battle. So today, we're going to talk about approval. Approval of other people in our lives. And so just to kind of see where you're at in this category, I have some questions for you. And so let's look at these questions. First question is, do you spend a lot of time worrying about people's impression of you? You might be a people pleaser if you do. This would be kind of like, hey, I'm going to wear this. I hope it makes me look thin. You think about that kind of stuff. You think about how did, what did they think of me just now? I just met them. What are, what are they thinking of me? Or maybe on social media you go, I just posted this, but, you know, a lot of people didn't like it. I don't know. Maybe they're, I don't know what's going on there. Or you get a text, and, you know, you see the little bubble with the three dots, and you see them, they're writing, you know, they're texting you back, and then, but then they don't send it. And you think, are they mad at me? I mean, maybe they're mad at me. Maybe that's what's going on. Now, the thing I want to say about this first question is this. I'm so glad I have no issues with this topic at all. This is only for you guys today. I hope, you know, a lot of you need this. And so I hope you'll uh, take notes, you know, make, you know, kind of work out in your own life what you think about this, about being a people pleaser. But, but I do have a few questions from me. Is it going okay so far? I mean, I mean, are y'all, is, is it okay? Are any of y'all bored? I just saw somebody in the way in the back who just yawned really big. I mean, are they bored? I mean, I saw their molars. I mean, it was a big yawn. I mean, I'm just, you know, is it, is it okay? You see, I think we all deal with this. I think every one of us deal with this. In fact, this is a good thing. I mean, for, to care about what people think to some degree is, is a good thing. In fact, we have names for people who don't care. You know, we call them narcissists. We, we call them, you know, they're kind of those brutal people that we don't really want to be around because they don't really care. So it's okay to care, but how much time do you spend worrying about that? Here's the second question. Second question is, are you overcommitted because you can't say no to anyone? Now, I'm not asking you to raise your hands, but some of you I could point right now, and I'm just saying... I, one measure of you being a people pleaser is you just always say yes to everybody. Because I don't really want to go to that. I really don't want to do that. But they ask me, and they might be mad at me if I don't say yes. And so, therefore, I got to say yes to everything. If you say yes to everything and you're overcommitted, it can be because you're a people pleaser. Here's a third question. Do you crave compliments? Now, the key word there is crave you know, we all like compliments. I mean, that's great. Nothing wrong with compliments. But it's where you crave it. You're obsessed with it. 
And here's how you can tell if you're in the crave category is that if the flip happens, the flip would be someone criticizes you. And if it's kind of like if you're the kind of person that people, 50 people can say something great about you, but one person criticizes you and all you think about is the one person. I remember when I was a youth pastor years and years ago, I had preached at that time in my life probably less than 10 times. And I had the opportunity to preach kind of back-to-back two messages. And so at that church I was at, there was one door out, and you, what you did was you, you preached the message, then you went to the back door, and then everybody walked, had to walk by you. And they were, you know, lots of times saying nice things to you or whatever. And I was, here's what one lady said to me. So I preached a couple times, this was my second time, at, you know, here recently at that church. And she said to me, John, I just want to tell you about today's message. It wasn't as bad as last week. I still remember that. I still remember that. You see, we can get to the point where it's all about, you know, I got to, it's the craving of compliments. I got to have that. I've got to have that going on in my life. And so what we're going to look at today is this thing about seeking the approval of people. And so let's look at what the Bible says about this. We're going to look at several different passages. Then I'm going to ask you later to really turn to, get on your phone, this one passage particularly, because it's kind of a real important passage about this. But let's look at a couple before that. And so let's look at this first one. It's Proverbs 29, 25. The fear of human opinion disables. Trusting in God protects you from that. Now let's think about that. It disables you. It it is a trap. It gets you going a bunch of different directions. I gotta please them. I gotta please them. I'm afraid of what they're gonna think. I'm afraid of what they're gonna say. And all of a sudden you are you are in a bad place. So how do we overcome that? We trust in God. Now what do we trust in God about? We trust in God. In his view of us, in his opinion of us, you see, that's the choice. Who are we going to listen to? Who are we going to depend upon? Who's going to be our foundation? People's opinions or God's opinion of us? Let's look at this next verse. This is Galatians 1.10. Paul's writing to this church, and notice what Paul wrote. Paul says about himself, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Now, I want you to think about that. That's interesting. A couple things to unpack about this. You know, if there's a lot of people we know. You know these people, okay, who, who would go, hey, I'm obviously not trying to win your approval. Remember, that's the bad category. We have names and categories for those kind of people if you stop there, but that's not where Paul stops. He stops and says, but of God. Paul goes, you know what I'm most concerned about? What God thinks. And and when he said this, the people in that church, they knew Paul meant this. I mean, Paul had been beaten, put in prison. I mean, he had almost been killed a few times because of his faith. He had people in his life reject him because of his faith. And so they knew that this was... You know, he's about what God thinks. 
And he makes this real important statement. He says, I would not be Christ's servant. And the idea in the Bible when it says servant is the idea of you're putting someone above you that matters the most. And Paul's going, I want to tell you, I, I want you to know who matters the most. And it's going to be what God thinks. It is God that I'm going to focus in on. I'm going to put my trust, my focus in on God and what he thinks. So here's the thing. Basically, you can do one of two things. You can chase people's approval. That be your aim, that be your goal, that be your focus, or, or you chase God's approval of you. We are going to chase something. The question is, what are we going to chase the most in this spiritual battle that we all face? So I want us to look at today what this does in our life. If we decide to chase people and their approval, let's look at what will happen. And it's a couple things. Here's the first one. First thing that will happen is you will define yourself based on what others think. In other words, your definition of you will be, what do you think of me? Well, that's who I am. That's what you're going to base everything on. Let's take a look at John chapter 12, and this is verses 42 and 43. And notice what happens here with some group of people who say they believe in Jesus. Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him, talking about Jesus. But for fear of the Pharisees, that's the religious leaders, they did not confess it so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. They'd get the reputation, get kicked out of the synagogue, the church, basically. For they loved, here it is, they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. The situation was that they go, hey, we believe, we've heard Jesus. We've heard him teach. We've seen him do miracles. Hey, we believe in him, but I don't want to tell anybody. Because if I told people, I mean, people might look down on us. I mean, they might kick us out. They might do, it's our reputation. We're we not going to tell anybody that we really do believe in Jesus and what he's doing and what he's saying. We're not going to do any of that sort of thing. And here was the indictment, and it's this last part. Here's the verdict. They love the glory that comes from man, from people, more than the glory that comes from God. They chased people's approval the most. And so that was the problem. And that's what you will do. What I will do is that we'll say, okay, I'm going to define myself based on that. And what happens is when we base our approval on what other people think, totally, it will control us, it will be our obsession, and we will chase this, chase this, chase this. I was thinking this week, what would this, what's this like? What's some examples of how we do this? And one of the ways that we do this is, if you think back on high school, it was the yearbook. You're about to see a picture that has not seen the light of day in many, many years. Um, that, I didn't choose these, by the way, just saying. I know what you're thinking about my yearbook photo there on the right-hand side. What a handsome guy that freshman is in high school. What a very handsome freshman guy that is. Well, let's look at the next picture. This is the inside of my yearbook. And what did you do with the yearbook? Who signed it? How many people signed it? 
How many pages did I get? How many pages did they get? I got more pages than they got. Oh, but I didn't get as many as those people got. And so we all kind of defined ourselves by the yearbook. It was a big deal, the yearbook. And that's kind of the chase. Well, we're chasing what people think, what people say. I look back at those comments in my yearbook. There weren't anything that great in there. I mean, you know, it's kind of interesting. I don't even remember some of those people. Um, It's just interesting how you chase some things that end up not really mattering that much at all. You got defined by the yearbook. So you have to decide. Are you going to chase what people think? Are you going to, that going to be who you are? What, what somebody wrote in your yearbook or not? Are you going to chase what God thinks of you? That's the big decision. If you chase what God thinks of you, let me tell you what will happen. You will have great freedom. You'll be set free. So let me ask you, what defines you? What defines you? Is it other people, their impressions of you, their compliments of you, or is it how God defines you and how God looks at you? So, what are you going to chase? What are you going to chase? Here's the second thing that happens. If we chase people's approval, here's the second thing that happens in our life. that You will put the approval of people above the approval of God. In fact, you're going to go, well, I care more about what they think than God thinks, so I'm going to make this decision. There'll be those kinds of decisions that goes on, go on in your life. So let me just ask you, why do we struggle with this? I believe a healthy individual, we all struggle with this. Okay? I don't think there's anybody who doesn't struggle with this unless they're in that kind of narcissistic category or whatever. Okay? Everybody struggles with this. I think it's a couple reasons. I think we want glory. We want to know we matter. People do this in all kinds of ways. They chase appearance. I'm going to have a certain look. I'm going to wear a certain thing. I'm going to drive a certain car. I'm going to live a certain place. We have this, all these things we do to say, hey, I matter. I really do matter. Some people go after fame and power. There's all kinds of things that people do to chase this to know that we really, truly do matter. It reminds me of something a great theologian said one time. His name was Rocky Balboa. In the very first Rocky movie, it's the night before the fight. Rocky's sitting on the edge of his bed, and he's nervous. He can't sleep. He can't sleep at all, and he's going, okay, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. And his wife, Adrian, walks, uh, wakes up, and she goes, Rocky, what's wrong? She, she, he goes, Adrian, if I could just go 15 rounds with a champ, if I could just go 15 rounds with a champ, then I would know I'm not a bum. Now I would know I matter. And I just think we all have kind of that part of us that wants to know we matter. And we can look all kinds of places for people to kind of validate that for us, that we truly do matter. But I'll tell you one of the main ways I see this happen in people's lives is... We all can chase it individually, but I see parents do this a lot. This is how you can do it as a parent. Where you chase, I really matter, through your kids. It's where you want your kids to achieve so much that you put this weight on them. 
hey, I'm important, I'm significant because look what my kid did. Or you go, I'm not worth much because of what my kid didn't do or what they did bad. And you put this crushing weight on them because it's all about you. It's all about you. And we chase this so many different ways. And let me tell you, no person can do this for you. It doesn't matter who. It doesn't matter who. Your kids, a friend, family member, parent. It doesn't matter. Nobody can do this for you. It's too big a load for any person to say you matter. It's too big a deal. And so you have to decide in your life what's going to be the thing that truly, truly matters. Look what the Bible says about this. This is Paul writing again, and here's what Paul said. For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God. In other words, it's about being approved by God. It's being pleasing God. This is his focus, not people. He alone examines the motives of our hearts. And then in verse 6 he says, As for human praise, we have never sought it from you or anybody else. Paul says, I made my decision. I'm going to go with what God thinks. That's going to be my choice. That's going to be my focus of what's going on. I don't know if you, you know this. I know it's going to be shocking to some of you. But in a church, sometimes I hear people having different opinions about something. Hey, you know what? This should happen. Or no, this other thing should happen. Or this should be this way. No, it should be this way. On one Sunday, I thought it was hilarious because one Sunday I heard somebody say, the message is too long, the message is too short, the message needs more Bible, the message needs less Bible. All in the same Sunday. But here's in my own life, you know, what I kind of came to about dealing with that as a pastor, as doing what I felt like God wanted me to do, is I had to come to the place of going, you know, there's always going to be different things and you cannot please everybody. I don't know if you know that. You cannot please everybody. Because if you please them, you're displeasing them. If you please them, you displease these guys. So you can't please everybody, so what are you going to do? And to me, one of the important lessons in a practical way was I have to, as best I can, I won't do it perfectly. i got to do it prayerfully. I can't be just my own opinion. But as much as possible, I have to go, but what does God think? I know they think this, and I know they think that, and they think this other thing, and I think, but what does God think? See, that's what matters. And so I want us to look at this key passage that tells us the one thing that does matter. This is the one thing that does matter. And what is it? The one thing that matters is what God thinks about you. That's what matters. And so I want to ask you to turn to Psalm 139. 139, it gives us this picture of what really, really matters in our life, and what's really, really important. And so let's take a look at verses 1 through 6, and let's take a look at it because it talks about this important thing that God is always watching. God is always watching. So let's look at those verses, verses 1 through 6. Here we go. 
O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. Okay, pause. Whoa. Everything? Everything. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You know my thoughts, even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You see, not, nobody else does that. Nobody else knows everything, not your thoughts, not, not everything. God does. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. Lord, you go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. Now, we're going to come back to this last verse, but let me ask you. God is always watching you. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Is that positive or is that negative? I grew up in church. And at my church, it was a negative thing. It was kind of like this. God is always watching you. He's watching to see when you mess up. That's kind of what I grew up with. And there's obviously some truth to that. God knows all our bad stuff. But that's not what it says in verse 6. The psalmist, the author of these verses, doesn't say it's a bad thing. Notice what he says. That you know all this stuff is too wonderful for me. It's too great. Now, why is it great? Why is it wonderful? God knows all my stuff. Oh, that's not wonderful. Let me tell you why it is wonderful. It's wonderful because God knows all your stuff and he still loves you. He still forgives you. He does not give up on you. He goes all in for you. That's why it's wonderful. That's why it's amazing. You know, on a human level, if I knew all your stuff, you know, that probably wouldn't be good. If you knew all my stuff, you probably wouldn't be sitting here right now. Okay? That's okay. If I knew all your stuff, I'd probably walk out right now. Okay? So it works out. But God knows all our stuff. And you see... That's not a human viewpoint. That's God's viewpoint because God is always watching, and that's a great and amazing thing. Here's the second thing Psalm 139 says is that you are God's child. You are God's child. Let's go on a little later in Psalm 139. This is verses 13 and 14, and here's what it says. For you, God, formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Here's what the psalmist is saying is, you made me. You made me, God. And you have wonderful works. And guess what? I'm one of your works. But somebody could say, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know how I've struggled. You don't know how I've failed. You don't know what's been done to me. You don't know what I've experienced. You don't know what I've had to go through. And I don't. But God would go, I do. I do. I do. God goes, knows all that stuff. And he goes, you know what you, you are to me? You are my child. You are my son. You are my daughter. You are mine. You are mine. You are my child. Another thing that we are... In God's view of us, so the thing that matters is that you are God's greatest investment. You're God's greatest investment. This is 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, and here's what it says. 
See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Look at what great love God has given to us. Do you, do you realize what God has done for you? Do you realize what God's given to you? Do you realize what sacrifice God has made for you? To show his love. For God so loved, he gave. He did. He provided. He did all these things. You are his big investment. Doesn't matter where you've been, what's happened. You are his big investment. And as we find his plan and as his purpose, he's going, well, you just, I've gone all in on you. Do you realize that? I've given my own son for you. I've given Jesus for you. Do you realize how much I love you and I have lavished my love for you very clearly? And do you know that and do you realize that? And let me just tell you today, if you don't know that, then you do not know what this Bible talks about, honestly, just bluntly. This Bible says God loved you before you ever loved him, before you ever even cared about him. And he said, I am going all in on you. I am investing in you. That's what I have towards you. I think everybody has to come to the place in their life where they figure this out or they don't figure this out. We had a meeting Monday and we were talking about some different things that I could share today. And I told them the story and, and they all said, well, you ought to share that story. So I'm going to share this story. It was probably the first time in my life that I got, I kind of figured this out, what we're talking about today. Am I going to chase what people think or am I going to chase what God thinks? I had this friend called Stephanie, her name was Stephanie Fellows. We were just real good friends. And Stephanie had this scar. It was a four-inch scar on her chin. I, don't, I can't quite remember how she got it. I think it was in a car wreck when she was little. But she had this four-inch scar. And her and I were talking one day, and she said, John, you know, every time I meet anybody, my first thought is always the same. What do they think about my scar? And I said to her, Stephanie, I don't even notice that anymore. I don't even think about that anymore. She goes, well, that's what I always think about. And then I shared with you, I can't remember all the things I shared with her, but I shared with her kind of my list of stuff. Well, I always think when I meet somebody, they're going to say this about me or this, or they're going to think this, or kind of all those things you deal with, you know, that are your own insecurities or whatever. And I said, told her that list, and she goes, well, John, you know, people don't really think about that about you. And she said it, and this is what she said. You know, it's kind of like we ought to think more about what God thinks about us than what other people think about us. Maybe that's what matters most. And for the first time in my life, I actually kind of believed it. Now, you've got to work it out. You gotta, it's not the, you know, done forever. You've got to keep working on that. But let me just tell you, that is a spiritual battle. That is a spiritual choice that we all have to make. Whether or not we're going to go with what everybody thinks about you, that's your definition, that's who you are, that's what you're going to worry about the most, that's what you're going to live your life for, or, or it's going to be God and what he thinks. Here's the bottom line, and here's the big idea of the message today. It's on your outline, and here it is. 
Being obsessed with what people think of you makes you forget about what God thinks about you. Don't ever forget about what God thinks about you. Don't let anything else that you chase make you forget about what God thinks about you. Now let me just say to you as we wrap this up today, God is waiting for you. He goes, do you know, you're my greatest work. I've invested in you. You're my child. I've showed love to you in so many ways. Will you just come back to me? Will you just come home? Will you you just do that? And we got to decide. And the question today is real simple. What are you chasing? What are you chasing? We're going to chase something. It's just kind of like last week. Last week we talked about we're going to have treasures. It's okay to have treasures. But what's the big treasure? What's the big chase for you? It is an enslaving dead end. If we are obsessed with what people think, let me tell you, we'll never get there. We'll never have a person who does that for us for the rest of our life. It will never be solved. Or, or... We go, I'm going to bank on, I'm going to depend upon, I am going to go with, God, what you think of me. And i got to hold on to that. And that's got to be what I chase. So I want us to look at these next steps. If you would, take out that connection card, look on the back side on the left. I want to invite you to mark the ones that God has for you today. Okay, and then I ask you to turn this in. We'll receive our offering a little bit later. So here's the first one. Ask God to set me free from an obsession to please others. For some of you today, that is your next step. If you are honest with yourself, it is your obsession. Ask God to set you free from that. Here's the second one. Make sure God's approval is what matters most in my life. I just think that's how you deal with it. That's how you overcome it on a practical level. You go, okay, I want to go with that, but, you know, it's what does God think? I want to go with that. Here's the third one. third one is about your own commitment to Jesus Christ and to follow him. Commit my life to Jesus Christ and to follow him. Some of you have been thinking about that. Some of you have been considering that. Some of you have been checking that out. You can make that commitment today to follow Jesus, and you become adopted into his family as his son and son or daughter at that point. I encourage you to make that commitment. The last one's about baptism. We have our next baptism day on Easter, which is April the 12th. And what we're going to do, something a little different, is this Easter we're going to baptize live, kind of a live feed in all the services that have people getting baptized. We have a lot of people already signed up for this. If you've committed your life to Jesus, if you've followed him, then we invite you to go public with that by being baptized. It's a great day, great day to do that, and so I encourage you about that. Message today is real simple. What are you chasing? What are you depending upon? What is your foundation? God goes, you got a choice to make. Will you chase after me? It's what God wants for each one of us. I'm going to ask you, if you would, to bow your heads with me. I'm going to lead us in prayer. 
Complete your connection card. Turn, those in, turn that in just a moment. Share anything on there that you'd like to connect with us about, how we can pray for you. Any of those other things that you find there in that card. And let me lead us in prayer. God, we realize we're going to chase something. And God, we are going to figure out that we matter based on basically one of two things. What somebody else thinks, a person thinks, or what our kids do, or what I've come up with to show that I really matter. And God, it all kind of turns into a focus on us. You know, we get, we get obsessed with us and what other people think about us. God, we're either going to chase that or we're going to chase you and what you think. God, we are your children. We are your greatest investment. We are who you have lavished your love upon. God, help us to be thankful for that. Help us to rest in that. Help us to depend on that because you don't ever change about that. So God, help us to chase you. That's our prayer in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. For more information about Crestview, check us out at crestview.church.